Welcome back to the Reside Platform Podcast. We have a special guest, Ollie Chris, the Director of Sales, Integrator of the Golfy Team. Now, you're going to want to pay attention closely because you're going to learn how they've transformed their team into the number one team in REMAX of Canada and number two worldwide globally. You're also going to learn how you can do similar, integrate similar things, implement similar things into your business right now and help yourself grow. Uh, Holly's also a coach just like us, Chef Black Select coach and contributing to some of the top leaders across North America, helping them grow their teams. Holly, welcome. Glad to have you. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, starting out, Preston, throw out the volley. Yeah, for sure. Holly, one thing I, I found very interesting is, you know, you, you, you took this role with the golfy team and you had no prior real estate experience. So, you know, definitely talk about that and, and how you landed where you're at and, and what you were doing previously. Yeah. So previously to joining the team, so I've been with the team almost four years now, so the time has definitely flown. Um, but prior to that, I worked 15 years um, in the media industry. So I was a regional director of sales for a local media company. Um, so I, I started in sales actually at 18 years old and Rob was one of my first clients. Actually, he, I sold him newspaper ads in the real estate news. So, um, he knew me when I first started out and then, um, I was no longer his, his rep after getting into leadership and we reconnected, um, 15 years later, um, when he was looking for a sales manager to join his team. So, um, it was kind of out of the blue. I didn't even have a resume. I thought I was going to, you know, retire at this company. Um, but I definitely had frustrations in my role um, with my former company. And those frustrations were, uh, you know, it was an industry that was struggling, um, but it was a corporate environment that I felt that I was really, uh, none of my ideas were able to, there was too much red tape. I couldn't move forward with anything. So when I met with Rob, you know, he had all of these big dreams and all these big ideas. And I could see that he really just needed somebody to help him hone in on that and 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 bring those those dreams to fruition. So decided to take the leap, joined his team. And um, it was interesting because, well, first of all, at that time, he had himself um, a director of ops and 23 agents. And those 23 agents were like they hated me. <laughs> they hated the I Actually, one agent today says, I didn't hate you. I just hated the idea of you. Like they did not want a manager. They didn't like they're independent contractors. Like it's the last thing that they want. Um, but one of the reasons actually Rob did look outside the real estate industry for this person was he did not want them to be licensed. He wanted someone just with a sales background because he like has been, you know, he's been in the business for 25 years. He had that side of it covered. It was the accountability and the and the sales and the CRM management, all that sort of thing that he needed to sell that gap. So that was that was my journey on with the team. Um, and yeah, it was it was definitely a, a rocky start. Um, it took probably about six months or so before we kind of as before I was able to build that trust between myself and the agents to show them that, you know, I was there to help and support them and grow their business and not to just, you know, make their life a living hell. <laughs> so when you, you said something about your frustrations at your, your previous employer, and that's kind of interesting because I, I think there's some principles or some insights 
there where it's like, why would someone with talent like yourself join, leave some place yeah. of stability and potential upside growth? And what I heard was your ideas weren't being heard or they weren't, there yeah. wasn't a way for those to actually come to be. Can you talk on that? Can you experiment? Sure. Well, because obviously Rob showed you some vision where your ideas or your, you can make an impact. Yes. How important so, was that? It was so important. So important. And, and it was funny because at the beginning, it's, it, it's what scared me because coming in, um, he, a lot of team leaders don't run their teams like a corporate setting. They don't think about, you know, contracts and processes and onboarding and HR type things. Um, they just like someone like Rob, like he's a visionary, like he is, he's a high D personality. Like he just, all he's thinking is she's going to come in and she's going to help me bring in more sales. Like, I don't care how she does it. I just, I just want to you know get someone in to do that. So on the first day, he opened up my office door that I'm in now and said, here you go. And I was thinking like inside, I'm thinking, oh my God, like I have no direction. Like what am I, what did I, what have I done? I left this place. I had a pension. I had benefits. Like, oh my goodness. Like I don't even have a job description here. I'm going to have to really just, I have to create my role. And I think that is what really set me up for success. Like I had to build this and I had to think outside the box and I had to collaborate with him and hear, listen to the agents and understand what they were missing and where the gaps were. I literally just, you know, researched for six months by way of going to lunch and all that sort of thing to get there. But in my former role, you know, there was a lot of corporate structure and that corporate structure was in some ways strangling because you would come up with an idea like, Hey, like we are struggling. I think we could do this to turn around. That's a great idea let's have a meeting next week to talk about that. And then you have that meeting and then, and like, and then by the time like you're at the end, you're just oh, forget it. Like, let's just on. Um, whereas here, even to this day, I'll pop into his office door. Hey, I think we should do this, 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 or even just with, with this new role that we're hiring to expand on our, on our sales leadership team that just came out of a lunch meeting. And then we're like, we're talking about a problem that we have. And we're like, Hey, I think we have our job here. Like, I think there's a solution for this. Let's do it. Like, it's just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that is refreshing. It's not just refreshing. I want to get Preston's take on this too. Um, it's, it has way more energy. You can almost feel the energy between be the story where you, you know, let's have a meeting about that. What does that do? Yeah. To do? What is that? Does that elevate the energy or does the energy go down when you have to hear you got to have a meeting in a week where you're at this other company where you got an idea and you're like, let's run with that right now, yeah. right? The momentum and the wins and, and go on it. And I also want to point out something and get Preston's take on it and yours too, Holly, is we we were just talking to her, uh, Lori Reader uh -huh. about her company and she's talking about empowering people and, and the thought that you have to have everything already planned out and laid out before you hire a Holly Chris or a Camilla or a director of sales or have it all laid out before you hire an agent. And what I'm hearing is no, they're, no. That, they're a visionary. The how person, the integrator is going to come in and figure it out. Preston, have you had experience obviously at Palms or at Reside where basically the integrator were the back end, but, but what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing too, like I think about bigger companies, um, I think a lot of them get to that point to where they're struggling because they take so much time to fix things, right? Like, oh, we'll have a meeting on it. It'll go to the head, you know, whoever head of whatever for approval. And it's a month or two later and there's other problems. So, you know, I think being, having the ability to, you know, like you just said, you, you, y'all realized there was a position of need and you hired that position or bring that position on, you know, I think it's being nimble and quick is very important in business. And I think a lot of bigger companies, that's, that's the reason they end up where they are because they take so long to make a decision or do something and then they do something about it. And then there's 10 other problems they got to deal with. So, uh, so, you know, we, we get that from agents sometimes and you guys could probably, um, agree you know, some agents are very like adverse to change. Like they don't like change. They, they like things to be steady. So sometimes I'll have people come in and say like, oh my goodness, like, like after a meeting that I launched something, like we just changed that. Like I just got the hang of that. And now you're changing again. And I'd say like, you're lucky that we are fearless and that we are willing to take chances to act quickly because I'm not going to do something wrong for months. Because, oh, we really, we just changed that. So we're going to have to give it some time. No, if it's going to make us better, we're going to do it now. We're going to do it together. We're going to do it the best that we can. And we're going to understand that there's going to be challenges along the way. And some people will need more support than others. But we cannot wait. Like the, it's too fast of an industry. You'll get behind. Yeah, with that too, you talked about uh, integrator EOS. Is that something you implemented right away when you were brought on or no? No. No, we were not for the first couple of years. Uh, like we were doing well. Like you know, we were we were growing. We were you know, we we're doing a lot of things right, but we were a mess behind the scenes. Like there was no um, clear defined roles. Um, so it kind of felt like we were doing a lot of overlap. Plus the stuff that you know nobody wanted to do. It was like that's not my job. That's not my job. So there was a lot of uh, and then even just like we never met. So like one of the things that like I at Tahoe, like my presentation is going to be on effective meetings, which is funny because prior to two years ago, we'd had zero leadership meetings. Like we never met as a leadership team and our meetings, even as a team, were not very good. Nobody knew, um, our core values. Like I didn't even remember what our core values were prior to EOS. Um, nobody knew our, our, our short and long-term goals. Like it was just, it was very, very messy. So when we brought in, um, well, we were inspired by a lot of big teams that we, you know, mastermind with through Chet Black's group and they were all hopping on EOS. So we said, okay, let's bring them in for that 90 minute discovery call. Cause we think we, we think we're pretty good. All right. So we bring them in for that. And we left so humbled at the end of that meeting. Cause we were like, oh my God, like we need this better than anybody. Like we need this so bad. So embarked on that journey two years ago um, in December. So we're almost on our, on our full two years. And that would be one of the game changers that I would put in the golfing team history for sure. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a huge difference. And when you think about real estate companies in general, majority of them are started by really good salespeople. So they definitely usually don't have structure at all. And yes. we, you know, with my previous company, we, I think we implemented EOS in 2017, 18. Um, and it's, it's massive difference for sure. Yeah. And so we first year, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Uh, we took the first year um, and kept it tight just with the leadership team for us to figure it out. And then year two, we launched it and now it's a part of our whole entire team. So we have departmental L10s and rocks and all that sort of thing and SOCAs. So um, it is 
company it's company wide now and that was a really um amazing thing for us to watch happen because um i'm glad we did it the way we did it because we had to get our feet under us first before we could confidently um roll it out to the rest of the team but it's been great yeah it's um the rock is something predictable for the team to understand and and refer back to and look forward to like a sales meeting is when you're making all these changes there's needs needs to be something on the calendar as free as real estate is something needs to be on the calendar that we don't really move and we can all expect everyone to be there so that the leaders can talk to one or many and i i find with team leaders and 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 top producers like preston was saying is they might have a sales meeting once a week they might have three role play sessions a week or maybe even five, but it's all sales and, and training like to make another sale. And it's that transactional treadmill where when you understand that you have an operations team and a business side and they need your attention and strategy too. So how do you, how's your rhythm now on a week day to day or week to week in terms of meeting with your op staff, you know, yeah, so, so agent versus have- everyone other than agent. So everyone other needed. So um, our leadership team has a leadership L10 weekly. So 90 minutes leadership team. And then there's departmental L10s once a week as well. So there's an admin um, L10, a staging L10, an, an inside sales L10, a media L10, a marketing L10 with those managers that are managers of those departments. Um, so, so there's several meetings a week. But I'll tell you, the most, my favorite one that motivates me the most, um, Nick, are you on EOS as well or? No, so for those that don't know EOS or what an L10 is, what's an L10? So a level 10 meeting. Um, it's a very structured way to host a meeting. Um, so if you just Google EOS L10, um, there's a bunch of videos on YouTube and um, graphics so you can see the very structured agenda that, that takes place. Um, but it's it's good. It's good. It feels very clunky at the beginning, but um, then you get used to it. But one of the meetings that's part of EOS is called a state of the company address that they call SOCA. It's a quarterly meeting where you discuss where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. And that meeting is so good. I can't even tell you. So we it's the one meeting that we have quarterly with the whole team. Um, we have it off-site. So between our agents and our and all of our staff, we're just over 100 people. So now we, we host them in a movie theater, which is fun. And so like our presentations are on the big screen. Everyone gets popcorn and pop. Like it's, it's a real fun atmosphere. Um, so we have them, but these SOCAs are so motivating for our leadership team because we have that next looming SOCA three months from now, motivating us to get to put in the work now because we need something new to present at that next SOCA that we've done and that we're planning to do. So those big rocks, so like last quarter, for example, we had 18 rocks between um, the leadership team. So rocks are important things that you are doing their projects or important tasks that you're completing over the course of that quarter 18 things like 18 projects 18 things getting done in a quarter like holy smokes like that's unbelievable so then you know our team sitting there being like wow like i can't wait to see what's what they're going to tell us they've done next meeting right so every time we need to it's like we need to perform we need to make them proud and get them excited and then we're back to work again the next day on the next yeah, and that's the cool thing about rocks. Like, if people that don't know EOS, it, rocks typically are the things that businesses don't ever do, right? They're the things that get pushed down the road, pushed down the road, because most businesses are jumping from fire to fire. So, what the rocks are, those are assigned quarterly, and you assign them typically by department. Um, 
And then there are things that, like I said, usually get pushed down the road. So when you think about it, if you could do 18 is amazing, but if you could do like three or four rocks a quarter, imagine what it looks like in quarter five, quarter six, quarter seven, quarter eight, because you've done all these things in your business that typically get pushed down the road. Um, sure. and, and L10 too, like most people are like, why is it called L10? Well, at the end of every meeting, you vote on the meeting. Like you give, so the whole idea is, you know, a, a 10 meeting is obviously the top. So that's, that's why it's called L10. Sure. What, what's cool what, about what you were saying, Holly, is because you have a meeting at a theater in the future that leadership is presenting to the agent, that's a deadline. And that's, that holds you guys accountable to the agents because a lot of times the agents are like, well, they're just constantly having to do's KPIing me to death, you know, where's your deadline? Where's your accountability? What do you, you know what I mean? Like there needs to be some accountability and where that lead I'm hearing like, man, the golfing team, they're going to have to, I can't wait to see what they've done. Yeah. And they better bring it. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's also cool. So twice a year at those SOCAs, we do, a, um, it's a check black exercise. It's a feedback loop. So we put out a survey um, to the whole team and um, it's basically like do more, do less, start doing, stop doing. So it's very simple, um, but it's um, it's not multiple choice. So like they actually have to type it out. So, um, so that's important to us. So we take those survey results and those survey results are basically like our guide for the year of what the team's looking for. So it's also cool because there could be something that we're presenting at our cute, like our October SOCA that was part of like somebody's suggestion on the feedback loop back in March. So they're able to see like, oh, they hear us like, and we'll refer back to those survey results to kind of see, okay, when we're, when we're creating our rocks for the next quarter. Um, so, so like Preston said, rocks are the analogy that EOS uses. It's like, if you put all this, all the pebbles in first, then there's into the jar first, there's no room for the rocks at the end. So if you do the, 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 the little tasks all the time that, tend to distract us and, and fill up our days. There's no time for the things that are most important. Whereas if you put the rocks in first, then you can add those pebbles and shake them around. And then you can even add the sand in after and get more. Um, but you, you make sure that you get those really, really important things done first. So when we're looking at, um, at selecting what our rocks and declaring what our rocks are going to be for the next quarter, we're, we're referring to multiple things. We're looking at our one-year, three-year, five-year goals. Okay, are we going to be ticking some stuff uh, are we going to be doing a small step that works towards that big deal? Um, are we looking at the feedback loop? Are we hearing feedback from the team? So there's so many things like we're just trying to, you know, solve problems and find solutions with those rocks. Um, it's, it's to say it's a game changer. It doesn't even begin to describe it. Like, yeah. So the first big rock is always setting up EOS, right? <laughs> when you're starting, yeah. that's like, okay, that's a massive rock in itself. Well, no, you following it. Like yeah. it, it felt like there were many months at the beginning of our journey that I was like, I don't know. If we can do this. Like, <laughs> it's tough. And you know, a lot of people, which you know, you self implemented, like you didn't bring in an integrator. Like, no, we did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, we still so, do. Okay. So, so we, when we launched it, we self implemented. And luckily, I had like a this whole like seat. It was our CFO, so it was like a CPA mindset, and he was like, yeah. you know, and he did a real good job with it. But it's uh, a lot of people pay a lot of money to bring on an implementer and an integrator. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a good investment. It's been a good investment for us. Like, still two years in, like, um, we we love our implementer. He's been he's been great. We see him quarterly. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's been it's been great for us. And there's anybody listen. There's EOS. So there's two EOS conferences a year. Uh, I actually went, I've been to two of them, um, but they have they have used. I think they have two in the states um, twice a year. So if you're ever interested, it's just you just Google EOS conference and they have like a worldwide conference. Yeah. Or retraction. Yeah. And a little a little hack for everybody that does has nothing. They have no rhythms. They have no meeting uh, standardization. Is in your calendar, when you make this commitment to like a, a, you know, we have this idea. Hey, I heard this great idea by Holly. We should do a quarterly meeting. Awesome. We do a quarterly meeting and you do one quarterly meeting and then the second one never takes place. You ever have that happen? Like you do it once, you got a lot of energy, but the next one's so far out, something gets in the way and you cancel yeah. it, reschedule it. Is in your calendar, You there's a little button that you can put repeat. So like you can say repeat every month and then it's on everyone's calendar. And that's just, I have to do that sometimes where it's like it repeats forever and yeah. I, I know it's coming now, Holly, for the people that are listening that maybe don't have 25 agents or 30 agents or 75 agents, they might be thinking, well, I'll wait until I get there. What <laughs> when I I'm a team leader with no agents. I'm just starting my team. I'm a team leader with 10 agents. Yeah. What do I, yeah. what do I implement first? What do I do? What are the first steps so, Any, to EOS or to just in my business? Yeah. Like I think EOS. Okay. I'll, I'll give both EOS to me is like the operations behind the scenes. So EOS is going to set you up really great from the start. So read traction. Um, and there's a, there's a software called 90 N I N E T Y dot I O. Um, that's a software that we use to manage, um, our EOS. Um, so basically on that, that system, you can, um, populate all of your goals, um, your VTO, which is your vision traction organizer, um, your scorecard, which are all the important numbers that you need. You can manage your rocks, um, your issues and all that sort of thing. So I coach a lot of teams that are really small that are operating on EOS, um, independently, not with an implementer. So it's going to force you to to really define what your goals and and what your plan is. So you're going to um, determine your, what your accountability chart looks like. You're going to sit in nearly all the seats. That's okay. But when you have it, um, when you have that vision and that structure and that organizational chart in front of you, that's when you can start envisioning the areas that you can, those, the seats that you can fill first. So you look at your chart. Okay, I sit in these six different seats. I'm really not good at that one. That's my next move. That's my first move as far as the seat that I need to fill. I don't even, you know, I can't even create an ad in Canva, let alone do, you know, you know, work in InDesign. I need to get someone into that marketing seat first. And you'll see what those roles and responsibilities are. So they create a lot of clarity around um, job posting and that sort of thing too. So determining your organizational chart, determining your core values because you're going to hire, you're going to fire, you're going to make all decisions against those core values. Make sure they mean something to you. They're, don't just Google what should my core values be. Really envision um, what that future looks like um, and make sure that you can stand up to those core values because if you don't, um, you know, if, if you're not a fun person, don't put that you need to be fun as one of your core values because people won't respect your core values. So you have to be able to stand up to them. Um, so do that. Determine what your um, one, three, five-year goals are or one, three, ten, depending on what you want that big hairy goal to be. Once you have that whole vision in place, that's when you can start looking at where you're going to go next. The next step that's non-EOS would be determining 
you know, getting a CRM that you're willing to operate in. For us, it's follow-up boss. Um, for another agent, it could be another CRM. It doesn't matter what that CRM is, but be committed to it. And then determine what your expectations are in it. And don't overtax yourself. Don't say, I want my team to do, you know, this. All of a sudden, the scroll opens up and drops on the floor with all the things you you expect the team to be doing. Make it very, very simple. Simple in the, like our um, accountability in our CRM system is very, very simple. Um, so for us on our team, um, as far as accountability in our in our CRM, they have to, there's four stages, um, stage A, B, C, and D. There's a cadence associated with them. A clients need to be communicated with weekly, B, bi-weekly, C, monthly, and D, um, within um, three to six months. Our agents have to be up to date. So their communication with their clients relative to their stage must be up to date in order for them to be eligible for leads. So every single day we have a VA that goes in and pauses and unpauses agents, um, depending on whether they're up to date in their database or not. So it's a very, very simple approach. So I've heard of other people who have said, okay, I want them to do that. Plus I want them posting our um, our social media listing of the day. And I want them making 25 calls and I want them doing one open house a week. And I want them like, it's too difficult. Um, especially if you don't have a sales manager, if you are a producing leader, it's too difficult for you to manage that. It, make sure that your expectations, that you're able to follow up on that because that's the only way they stack. In fact, when we launched those expectations and follow up boss to say that agents were calling my, like they, they thought she's bluffing. She is not going to follow through on this. She is I am a top agent. There's no way that she is not going to feed me leads if I'm behind. I did not feed them leads if they're behind. You must, must, must follow through on your on your expectations. I don't know if that's a lot. Sorry. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love the I love the the accountability. Like, can you manage can you manage that accountability set? And I hear this a lot and from myself. I just observe myself and all my failures is, as a leader is like, you should do this or you could do this. You could, why, you could do an open house this weekend. You could post on Facebook. You could do this or, you know, here's a good idea versus like, okay, we must yeah. do this. So there's four stages. You must yeah. do what is in stage. And we do a lot. So like, the stuff that you're mentioning, that's more one-to-one. So I need a willing agent who is open and willing to do these things or I'm wasting my time, right? So if I'm going to say, okay, all agents, all 80 agents need to do, or even back when I was 23, all 23 agents need to do an open house every weekend. It's not going to happen. So then the agent's going to be like, oh, well, he or she didn't do the open house. So I guess I don't have to do it next week. But if I have an agent come into my office and says, I'm ready to go. I want to grow my business. I want to do better. Then we determine, okay, what are the things? And these are the these are your off, these are my ideas. These are things I've seen work with other agents. What are you willing to commit to? I'm willing to commit to this. And it's always more than your average person is willing to commit to. But then I can individually hold that agent accountable to their words. So I don't like, you know, that level up and every agent is going to um is going to be willing to do a, a different level of work ethic, right? Um, some agents just don't have it in them, um, or they or they have different life commitments that 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 restrict them from being able to, um, you know, to do what another agent can do. So those are more one to one. 
I have agents that, you know, will work 80 hours a week and run two open houses a weekend and they'll just be savage, right? Like, and, and that's awesome because that works for them. But I can't expect everybody to be like that. It would be a failure. Wow, that's great insight. Like you have to have a willing agent in order to go, here's extra. Yes. And, and that precedent. Yeah, did, you know, I'm thinking about too, like EOS and agents, you know, the good thing with EOS, like that VTO can actually be used in an agent's life as well. Like teaching that is funny because we talked to Brian Danny and he actually, I brought up EOS. I was like, you know, what was it like being an agent on a team when Dan, even with the beer home team implemented EOS and he reached back on his desk and he had the VTO like laminated for, so, you know, it's something that agents can use for structure as well. Going back to like, I feel like, you know, business structure is something. It doesn't matter if your team is two, three, whatever it is. I mean, just, you know, read traction. It's great. You don't have to implement it as a whole, but just understanding that, understanding those, you know, weekly checklists, those things you got to do, those non-negotiables and doing them week after week. You know, and then you talk about like quarterly meetings. I mean, for us, we, we, we book them off site because they're booked a year in advance. We're like, okay, well, we're having them on that day. You know, whatever the weather is, whatever it's like, that's, that's where it's set, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, you know, that's, that's another thing. When you think about a small team, you know, with EOS, it's something that you should get up with as well. Yeah. I remember way back in, I think it was 2012, I started my team and we, I think I had three agents an assistant. And we went offsite in Seattle, which is about a three hour drive. So we went offsite in Seattle, got out of the Marriott and we got a conference room and I invited my lender we work with and we sat in the room for two days and we came up with our mission, our core values and our strategy. And I showed him the org chart and the org chart was like, you know, 50, 60 deep scalable, but Holy crap. Nick is in like CEO, CEO, salesman, everywhere, listing, <laughs> listing, listing, listing agent, buyer agent, you know, inside sales. And then the agent, agent, agent. And then my assistant was like listing coordinator, transaction coordinator, director of operations. It's like, okay. Right. Like we're wearing more than one hat. It's really eye opening to see like, whoa, we have lots of, you know, we have a lot of growth. One, it's scary. We're holding a lot of hats and we have to juggle that. And then two, wow, there's lots of the visions there. There's lots of opportunity for people to go, not just to be an agent, but maybe, maybe someday they, they rarely do, but they can say, Hey, maybe someday I want to go into the off side. That's such a retention thing too. So like, you know, for your, um, employees. So, you know, that, that ops man that's wearing all these hats, that's great retention for her. She could see her future. Like she could see the vision. She wants to take the hats off and 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 move up and and be able to hone in on those skills. But for the agents, like these quarterly meetings and everything that we're doing with EOS, that's a huge retention plate for us too, because they want to stick around to see what we're going to present next. They see where we're going and want to be a part of it. There's no question, oh, is is Rob gonna retire? Oh, is Rob gonna start scaling it back? Oh, is is you know, is the team going to go in a direction that I'm not on board with? There's no question. There's no wonder because we're telling them. And if we tell them this is where we're going and they're not on board, okay, well then, then they can go. And that that was probably, you know, we're probably not a good for, fit for them anyways. But, you know, oftentimes people are leaving. Like, so, so if you don't have all these things in place and you're not communicating well with your team, 
and your team doesn't know your vision, you know, they leave and, and you lose a good agent. And, and on the way they're on the way they're uh, walking out that door, you're saying, but, 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 but we're doing this and we have this plan and we have this plan. Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? I didn't know that. That's why they leave. Yeah. You know, structure, people, people want structure. You know, they, they want structure and, and they, especially in the real estate world, because the majority of offices don't have it. So, you know, when you have structure, people are just in a better place. I mean, they, you know, they, they feel, I mean, if your day structured, like if you woke up every day and was like, oh God, what am I going to do today? You're running around spending half of the day trying to figure it out. That's why a lot of real estate agents don't find success because they wait until they leave their house to figure out what direction they're going to go. Oh, I'm going to go to the office for a little bit. So, you know, having that structure in your business definitely can help. And that's, I'm sure that's a big reason why y'all have the retention y- y'all do because you have those things, you have those goals shared, everybody knows where you're going. And as an agent, they would much rather be a part of a team that's growing and building and going in a direction that they want to be on where if you're just not sharing, I mean, that's why a lot of times people leave. And where the, le- the leaders empowering people with responsibilities that they had and giving those responsibility on to someone else versus holding on to all these responsibilities, thinking that's control and that's retention. And yeah. I think a lot of times that employees and employees want job security, right? They're, they're, they're helping you reach your goals and your dreams. How are you helping them reach their goals and dreams too, right? Within the organization. And that that's usually lost. But employees are taking a salary or a pay for security. They want that money to come in every month. They they're expecting you to grow it and keep it retake keep it going. And so it's a lot oftentimes they have more than one hat. So they're doing more than one job. And they think by holding on to that hat, it's job security. Okay. But when but when you show a growth of upward mobility or horizontal mobility, because it doesn't always have to be higher. Sometimes yeah. it's just different a change. Sometimes I have employees, they're just like, I'm just feeling a little stuck. I'm not challenged. It's nothing, has nothing to do with pay. It just has to be do with challenge and learning new things. And so being able to, to move around is a different culture than, and that's security. When they they see, oh, my growth and my skill acquisition is security. My ability to delegate and empower other people to replace me as security because I believe Holly and Rob are going to find a place for me. Right. It's not just with your, um, your, the staff that you have locally and like in your office, we apply all of this stuff that I'm talking about with our VAs as well. Our VAs are on our L10s every week. Our VAs have rocks. Our VAs are a part of all of this and they're an extension of our, of our company. So, um, that was a big aha moment for us because when we first, um, brought on um, VAs, it was a total fail for us. Um, it just it didn't work out, and we didn't realize until um, we had lunch with another local agent who has a big team of VAs, and we're like just picking his brain, saying, "Like, how do you like how does this work so well for, for you? Like, it, like it, we didn't see value in it. Like, where did we go wrong?" And through talking with them, you know, they basically. Um, I think it was his son needed this surgery that he couldn't afford, but it was, it was less than $2,000 in, in Canadian funds. So the team had, had um, done a, a collection basically and sent it over to this VA and paid for his son's surgery and like just changed his life basically. Like 
they're invited to their weddings and that sort of thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we, I don't even remember what their names were. I don't, I surely don't think they knew our names. They definitely didn't know our goals. They definitely, you know, knew like we never, never spoke to them over the phone. Like we did not treat them like they were on our team. We treated them like they were service providers that were working behind the scenes, almost like robots, really like, like AI. And, um, and we've, now we've taken our our next our next crack at it, and it's been amazing. And our VAs are are working out so well, and we, we're growing that area of our business um, on a regular basis. So, um, a lot of teams starting out, they're they they will first bring on a VA because it's more affordable than bringing on an employee. And so that's um, you know learn from my mistakes, and that when you bring on this VA, treat them just like they are an employee in your office. And I've, I've seen Preston have, Preston has a lot of VAs, right? So does Sunit and Preston, how do how, can you piggyback on that? How do you integrate your VAs? Do you see it the same way? They're part of the team, part of the vision. Yeah, hundred percent. you know, and, and when you think about too, like you, you hear people share it, but money, money matters most when there's an absence of value, yeah. like whether that's value to the agents or that's somebody feeling value for the job they're doing. So it's not only in thinking about what you're providing the agents, but think about what that individual feels like. Do they feel value in what they're doing? If they feel value in what they're doing, the money is going to matter less. You know, if they truly feel value in what they're doing every day. And the same thing from the agent perspective, you know, if commission matters most when there's an absence of value, when the team's not giving value to the agent. Um, but yeah, with us, we, you know, our VAs and it's, it's, you know, we're, we're a total different world than they are, but the, the, just the, the, the things that we take for granted, you know, to see, we, we use river. Um, so it's kind of like flag, but it's easier to use on desktop. It's, it's you, the uh, mobile version of it sucks, but on desktop and they're all on desktop. Um, but yeah, we bring them in. Like we, we talk, I talk to them daily, you know, on river, um, just messaging back and forth you know, asking how their families do, just all those things, you know, it's not just like, Hey, get this done, get it done. And that's, you know, I had to let one go last week just because we don't have the amount of, we don't have the need. And it was like, I've been like dragging that on for like months. I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. it could work. And it's like, you know, he's done a lot of video stuff for me. It's just, we don't have the, we don't have the need for it. Um, but yeah, we, we bring them in. We don't bring them into our EOS world because they do a lot of stuff more for me than say Palms. You know, they do stuff for Palms as well, but I mean, they know everything that I'm doing and I, you know, I'm, I have River up now um, that they're messaging back and forth. So I, I, it's definitely where I see people struggle the most with VAs is they don't have somebody, they expect the VA to manage themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, and they don't give them a clear direction. They don't give them clear direction. Um, you know, so if you have VAs in an ISA, your ISA manager needs to be responsible for managing them. Um, because if, if you just leave them out on an island, they're, they're not going to know what to do. Treat them like an employee, like Erica, our VA, she just had her two year anniversary. So we know her start date, just like we know the start dates of our agents and our employees. And Tessa, my uh, director of human resources was like, Hey, by the way, it's Erica's two year anniversary. What are we going to do for her? She lives in the Philippines, Yeah, you know, and we, we, we decided to do a monetary thing. So I said, well, let's give, let's do a hundred dollar bonus for two years and a hundred dollars in the Philippines is a decent 
decent bump. I mean, that's like a week's worth of pay for a, for a lot of people or two weeks. So it's just those little appreciations that you do that you would do normally. For sure. We, we do this magazine. Uh, we do a magazine um, and one of our VAs played a big role. Um, and it, it's, we basically have like select drop points, um, but it's, it's beautiful. And uh, we um, sent her copies of the, of the first edition so that she could basically have a copy of her work. And, and that was so appreciative appreciated and things like that so yeah just definitely going back to my own because then they will also um like if you're like let's say you've got a va and you're like okay i need to ask second va on they all know really good vas locally with them so they could also refer like who do you know who's really good like who could good at that. yeah so it's awesome you can really help find good talent um by and then they're saying like you should come work over here because you know the golf team treats me so well. Like, like, so it's, it can, there's lots of perks. Yeah. And it's, I hear this too. It's like, oh, I just, I haven't had luck with VAs. I haven't had good VAs. Well, have you ever looked in the mirror? Because maybe it's your yeah. training. Maybe it's your leadership. Maybe or the, or the lack of training, lack of SOP, yeah. st- yeah. lack of procedures, lack of systems. So, you know, when I, in 2011, I hired my first VA, right? 12 years ago, my first VA, Joshua. And that, that taught me how to write a procedure because I had to not only teach someone a procedure, but someone in another country, you know, screen share 12 years ago, screen recording 12 years ago, you know, reporting 12 years ago. So it's like, if you want to level up as a manager, a leader, you know, VA is a great way to do it where it's not going to cost you 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 a year. It's going to be more like 10,000 a year. But you touched on something there. Those screen recordings, like you're also building, um, like you're doing really like things that you tend, like um, operators tend to put off, like having defined processes that are documented and recorded. Um, that is part of EOS as well. That's like my, I, that's not my personality trait. So like core processes are like cruel and unusual punishment for me. Um, but being able, like if you've got a VA, you're having to like do a loom or like do a recording of how you want something done. It's done. It's 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 in this this vault um, of your core processes that you're that you're building. You have to do it again. Yeah. Oh, this is how I do a CMA. Click here. Yeah. Do yeah. Save wow. Just saved you a thirty minute meeting or an hour meeting that saved forever. Oh, you you know where that's at? Look, send them the loom. That's yeah. proven and repeatable. Is that it's stored and you don't have to do it again. We we get in this hamster wheel of always. Oh, I got to hire a new agent now. I got to show them everything because we yeah. never took the time to just record it and do it yes. the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're recording it in its simplest form because there is you know often a language barrier. So you are like that's what I love about it as well. Like you are really, really, really. Yeah. Specific and and concise in your approach to teaching how to do something. That's right. If for it's a forcing function to be like yes. really choose your words carefully and like these instructions have to be on point. Yes. And you're not you're not just you know assuming that they know how to get from A to Z. You know yeah. you got to go every pebble like every little pebble along the way. So yeah. this has been awesome, Ollie. I we really appreciate you being on this. And and by the way, I want to acknowledge you for going into Rob's team. And I think Rob has a lot of, to do with it too. And everyone that you, you oh, sort yeah. of lead, but to go from 25 agents to 75 agents, number one 
in Canada, number two worldwide. And you're, I don't think you're settling. You're, you obviously I'm not licensed to this date. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're not, you're ready to go. You're ready to grow. We can't wait to see you in Tahoe. Yeah, yeah, man. Just another amazing woman on the podcast. It's, uh, it's been a good, good week, good two weeks. We've had a lot of really good people, but definitely, uh, appreciate your time today. This was really, really impactful and it makes me want to schedule some quarterly strategic meeting, <laughs> lay out the vision, put some rocks around, <laughs> lay, lay out the vision, empower our people, you know, support them. And we don't know how we're going to do it, but this is what we want to do. And, and I want to hear from them. How, how would, how would they do it? Cause it, as a leader, it's tough to just have to-do lists every day. I don't, I don't, I can't do that at scale. So Holly, you've been an inspiration. I can't wait to see you in Tahoe. Me too. Thank you guys. Yeah.